Growing up, you and your buddies were always on the same page. Thursday was pickup basketball night. Saturday was an Xbox gaming binge, but then the buddies started falling off one by one. So what if they all have that ring on their finger and you're the only single bachelor left? You've got your own bling. And this one doesn't come with any commitment, just a few really good moments of chill bliss. Why the sheets not go for the gold? For a limited time at Sheets, get your hands on a $3.99 milkshake like the Toffrees. Made with Hershey's Heath Bars. Unwind with golden ribbons of buttery caramel and a heaping scoop of whipped cream. And don't forget, you can save $1 when you order on the app. At Sheets, there are endless options when it comes to delicious drinks. Coffee house style cold brews, hot coffees, lattes, shakes, refreshers, and so much more. Everything is customizable so you always get exactly what you want. And when we say always, we mean 24-7, 365. Hello and welcome to another edition of the 1875 podcast. In a week that offered so much potential and expectancy, Rovers have found themselves almost out of the playoff race. As always, I'm your host, Tom Schofield, and today I'm joined by Alex Lomax and Oliver Howarth. So, Alex, um, I'll come to you first. Obviously, you weren't on the pod last week when me and Oliver were speaking with such gusto and um, faith that Rovers would, would obviously beat Wigan and Barnsley. Um so I want to come to you first in that Wigan game and get straight into it. We didn't create many chances, did we, really, in that game? Um, what's your view on that? The failure to work work the keeper, these fine margins that did cost us that game. I sort of see the Wigan game as a continuation of several home games we've had throughout the season. I, I look back very recently, just before the lockdown, to the Stoke game. Um, the Huddersfield game back in 2019, they all followed similar patterns where we had a lot of possession, a lot of runs into the final third, but we just either couldn't pick out the pass to feed the strikers or we gave the ball away in just bad areas. I think it was a similar sort of picture at Wigan. Um, and it, I thought throughout the game that it was following a similar line. I thought that like the start game at Ewood, it would peter out into a nil-nil and we would perhaps take away the point and look to beat Barnsley in the midweek. So to concede a sloppy goal as we did and to then react very badly to conceding that goal, I found that as disappointing as the failure to create and work the keeper for that first 80 minutes. But I think that game, I think was a bit of a bump back down to earth and highlighted that Rovers do still have a very long way to go in terms of competing at the top end of the championship and delivering that consistency that's required. They most certainly do. I think that that's shown. I think obviously we got a bit excited, didn't we, after the the bar, not the Barnes of the Bristol City game, as as me and Oliver discussed last week. Um, it's fine margins, though, isn't it, Ollie? Um, I know we said just before we started recording that if if Dom Samuel gets his toe on the end of the Armstrong cross, are we talking about a brilliant one nil victory against a team that seemed to sit relatively deep? Yeah, I think yeah, I think so. It's it's slightly similar to the nil nil back at Ewood again. Yeah, as Alex was saying it. This game looked like it was going to peter out similarly, but it's, I think, 
either of us could have nicked that game and this game felt very similar that yeah it's just it's just those little key moments and if you can't convert those chances yeah then I guess that's what happened and it's yeah I think just quite disappointing but um I don't, it's not the first time we've struggled against um it got worse into the second half with the way they sat with 11 behind the ball um but that, I think that's that was completely to be expected as it's the onus was on us to turn possession into dominance on the ball into clear-cut chances and we didn't um so I don't think we did enough to win the game because I think Marshall I think pretty much just makes one save of note I would say the header from Samuel um and yeah I don't think you can come out of a game saying you deserve to win it if that's about as much as you can muster um for all the possession it's yeah there was wasn't enough cutting edge I don't think I certainly go along with that, that we did lack that cutting edge. Um, but Alex, would you say Wigan's goal probably came at a time when Rovers were looking to be in the ascendancy and whilst we hadn't created anything clear cut before Wigan scored, if there was any team that was going to put the ball in the back of the net um, or any team that we thought was going to put the ball in the back of the net, it would have been Blackburn. I would go along with that. I think we probably grew into the game more and more as the game wore on and by about 60 or 70 minutes, Mowbray panicked in terms of the game was still nil-nil. We'd carved out a couple of chances and things looked promising and Mowbray reacted and he threw on Armstrong and Samuel and tried to win the game from the subs bench as he did with the Bristol game. But as you say, it's just... Rovs overcommit forward as they get more and more desperate and that one mistake allows Wigan in and then from then on I don't really think we could reset the mentality and try and at least go again and um, continue that dominance and maybe nick an equaliser later on. I thought when we conceded that goal it felt like the con- we totally lost control of the match Um and I suppose you've got to give Wigan some credit for that. I thought they passed the ball around very well after they scored. And I think on reflection after the game, you could maybe see why um, they'd kept so many consecutive clean sheets. I mean, that isn't a coincidence. And in the Championship, that is a very good achievement to to keep the clean sheet record for that long. So, obviously, they, they've um, put men behind the ball against other teams and other teams have struggled as well. So I don't think Rovs are alone in that. But as we say, at the end of the game, it's one of those where you'd have been, you'd have definitely taken a 1-0 win and run. A 0-0 draw, you'd have probably been slightly angry that you didn't put away or create enough chances. But to lose the game was devastating. And obviously, I think, um, the the scoreline at the end is just there's no reflection whatsoever on the game. Um, it's funny that you say that, Alex. Obviously, because you say there's no reflection on the scoreline. Obviously, Paul Cook said in his post match press conference, didn't he, that he thought it was it flattered Wigan. Um, would you go along with that, um, Ollie? And what Alex has said in that it does flatter Wigan. Um, 
yes and no. They've, they've, they're the form team of the division. If you look at their current record, um, they're scoring goals, they're keeping clean sheets. I think the way they managed the last 10 minutes was, it's sort of galling to say it, and Alex mentioned it, but it was very impressive. Um, when the ball was actually on the pitch, they were very good with it. And then obvious bits of gamesmanship that you expect in any game of football, whoever you're playing. Um, it was a very, you can see why they've won as many games as they have and why they're not conceding as many. I think, uh, not, we don't know Paul Cook well enough. I think there may be a little bit of tongue in cheek and because he's the, the winning, winning manager, but we dominated the game, but, you know, Huddersfield dominated the ball and lost to Wigan. Um, I think they won one three nil last night. Um, they beat us two nil. It wasn't a two nil game, but they still won the game. Um, yeah, it's a bit yes and no. I think. Um, yeah, it, it is. It is an interesting one, isn't it? Just, just the the general. I suppose the way the win game panned out, just because of. Mm. of we spoke about before the fine margins, Dom Samuel's cross. Um, how much impact does that play? And it's one of them, I guess we'll never know, will we? Um, we've just got to, well, we had to hope that um, we changed that against Barnsley. Um, of course, we didn't do. Um, Alex, the Barnsley game, bottom of the league, we discussed. Last week on the podcast, me and Ollie, we, we set out it was still going to be a dangerous game. Is there any excuse, though, for a five foot six centre forward getting in between your two centre halves? Or oh, I think it might be Ryan Niambi and Adarabayo, actually. But is there any excuse, a five foot six centre forward getting in between your centre halves and managing to nod the ball into the back of the net? As good a header as it was, it was a, it was a brilliant header. Should he even be in that position, though, that he's able to? to put that header um, anywhere near the goal? Absolutely not. And I I may stand to be corrected on this, but he was a substitute as well, I think. Yeah, he'd just come shortly on. Shortly before. He, he'd just come on. He hadn't been the... I think the, the lad that put in, was it Ludwig or something? I think that he'd only recently come onto the pitch as well. So they were fresh players. You've got to say that. And perhaps his movement, maybe, I don't know, flabbergasted the, the back four, but... But you've got to be doing better, haven't you? I think it implies to me a lack of concentration that surely before the game, the manager and the coaching staff would have talked to the defenders about maybe Barnsley's attacking threats and where that would come from. And I'm sure that the players are more than able to react to new players being introduced from the subs bench. And so I, I find it completely unacceptable that a striker who does have a, a a record at lower levels at least of of getting goals that wasn't just wasn't picked up um and again it follows a similar pattern to the Bristol game where even in that game although we played exceptionally well over the 90 minutes we can't forget that we also went a goal down in that game from a similar sort of goal where it was a cross into our box and nobody was there to meet it and a pretty short forward from Bristol managed to nod the ball into the net with aid from Walton. Mm. So I think in the three games we've seen so far, we've seen 
potentially two similar kind of goals were a simple cross into the box and the defence isn't able to deal with it. So, I, th- I think it's interesting you mentioned that, Alex, the, the fact that I've not really thought about it, but three of the goals we conceded have come from from crosses. Obviously, the, the Wigan one was... Well, Walton dropped it, but we have to be doing better, don't we, with, with crosses. These are... It's football and basics at the end of the day, and we can sit here and we can com- complain about the fact that this five foot six and a four is managed to do it, and like I say, lack of concentration puts us on the back foot, and, and we're in trouble. Um, I want to discuss the Burton sending off Ollie. Um, petulant, yes. Was it a red? I was at the time. I couldn't. I actually couldn't believe that the referee pulled a red out, and um, I think the Barnsley manager was made a hell of a case on the sideline for it to be a red card. But I think I've watched it back a couple of times, just on the little highlights, and I don't know whether I'm missing something. But to me, he has, he's reacting, so he charges over, and he is. Yeah, he, it's a reactive challenge. But to me, it just looks like he kicks a trailing leg. I'm not saying that, condoning it happening, but it's to me, it just looks like a professional trip that you get a yellow card for. And I think there was, if that's a red card, I think the there was a challenge on Rothwell in the first half where he had to have treatment. Then that would be a red, I think that was a worse challenge. I think Davenport later on in the last 10 minutes made a far worse challenge that went, I think he did get a yellow card. Um, I'm not saying it was not a foul, but it, unless I'm missing something, that's it's not a red card. Definitely a yellow, definitely a professional, deliberate foul. But I just thought he just kicked his trading leg to bring him down. There was certainly malice in it, though, wasn't there, Alex? I mean, in my, from what I thought, I don't think it was a red for what it's worth. I think it's a yellow. But there was definitely malice in it. I mean, it's not just, I know you say it's a, a trip of the trailing leg, but there's a kick there, and I, I suppose that's where he's given the referee um, a decision to make, hasn't he? In that, if the referee deems that to be violent, because it's a what looks like, in my opinion, a blatant kick, isn't it a case of the referee doesn't really have an option? I think in the championship, I think all players need to go about their business carefully in the sense of you never know when a bad decision is round the corner. And so, although Brereton may have been angry and although he may have been berated by Marbury on the sidelines, there is absolutely no excuse for a deliberate kick-out, even if that kick-out may not be, by the letter of the law, a dangerous foul. Like you say, he gave the ref a decision to make and... um, I heard that that ref was blamed for not giving um, a red card in a, in the game in the previous game week, and so that ref may have been felt he was under pressure to not miss anything, and so you give that ref a decision to make, and he's made it. And I think the biggest indication for me was I didn't really see much animated protest from either Brereton himself or the rest of the Rovers team. Uh, I felt like if it would have been such an unjust sending off, 
there would have been a bit more of an animated protest to it. And I didn't really see that. So I, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on that. I don't know whether it's because of the new laws in the game where you can get extra punishment for back chat to the referee. I don't know whether that played a role in that, but there didn't seem to be much in the way of angry protest to that decision, considering how bad of a decision it looked on the replays. That That's what surprised me. I'd go along with that, to be honest with you. For it's with that, like I, said, I don't think it is a red. I think it was a yellow, but I think it was petulant from Burton and when you give the referee a decision to make, it's. I don't think we'll appeal it. If I'm being honest, I, th- I just think that there's. I think the referee could make an argument that there was intent and there was violence. It's classed as violence, if you will. Um, but I guess it sort of sums up his time at Blackburn, doesn't it, Ollie? Just as the <laughs> City game yeah. when everyone's speaking about how brilliant he was, and, and at times in the Wigan game as well. Wigan was one. Burton was one of the pick of the players in that Wigan game, and. You just think, what, what? It sums up his time, doesn't it? I mean, a new season's coming up, obviously, and you know he'll be given the same chances as as we always give players. But it definitely sums up his time, doesn't it, Ollie? Yeah, I think so. And uh, it's not going to. Yeah, I don't think it will go. Yeah, I mean, I do think it was a bad decision, but yeah, I think. You guys are right to point out the way he, I mean, he seemed quite happy to walk off the pitch. He didn't make much of an argument with the ref. Um, and I think Mowbray's post-match interview, um, he, I think he was he's clearly quite angry, but he, he doesn't want to go into the detail of what he's been saying to the players, but he, he doesn't even seem to want to entertain the idea that we'd rescind it or how bad a decision it was. He's just, he's annoyed that he reacted more than anything, um, which probably, I don't think it will go down well with the fan base. I think a lot of us would have been angry last night for a multiple number of reasons, but that's that's not going to add to kind of any positive feeling towards what we're looking like a couple of reasonable performances, despite not scoring any goals. Um, and we still lost against Wigan. Um, but yeah, not good. I think it's frustration, isn't it, um, mm. from the fan base in general, and like we said. Mowbray didn't give much away of, of what he said. Um, no. After the match against the lads, to the lads uh, after the match against Barnsley. But I guess that's that's behind closed doors, isn't it? And I imagine he's, he's given a right good goal because before before these two games, people were starting to be speak, people were speaking about us as potentially being those those outsiders. Um and it's just not happened for us, has it? it it's not come together um, in the games that, that really we looked at and thought we should be winning, considering our next three are, are real tough ones against Leeds, Cardiff and West Brom. Speaking of Leeds, I want to move on to that game now. Um, Alex, does a win, and it'd be typical Blackburn to do it, but does a win reignite any of the, the the playoff hopes, if you will. Because I mean mathematically, obviously, we're not out of it. There's still there's still room and still scope for us to potentially get up there and, and maybe sneak into the playoffs. Does it reignite them? I think with the 
two results we've just had and the reality of the league table is that we are now at the mercy of what other teams do. So um, if Rovers win all of their matches and other teams hit a bad run of form, we may sneak in. But I think the the cold hard reality of looking at the games we've got left have been the, the more difficult fixtures of the of the post lockdown run um still to go you know are still to be played. Um we are really relying on other teams to mess up um and go on a hor- horrendous run of form. And not only that, because we are now tenth in the league all of those teams between us and sixth also have to mess up as well. And so I just can't see a scenario in which Rovers perform that much better than all of those teams. Um, Looking at the results that have been coming in, I think there's other teams in better form than Rovers at the minute and that have got a cleaner bill of health in terms of the squad. Um, You know, we were, I'm sure you guys were praising Evans and Travis after the Bristol game and now we've lost them to injury. And so you've got all of those factors to weigh into that as well. So I think we need to have a dose of realism in the sense that Rovers now need to just be playing for points and try and finish as high as they possibly can. But I don't believe now with the results we've just had and the fixtures we've got left that we can getting those playoffs. And I think that's just an honest reflection of what's to come. I'd certainly go along with that. I don't think it's likely now. Um, but you can't help but get excited if you do somehow manage to get that win against Leeds. Um, Polly, the Leeds game, um, what are you anticipating? Is it going to be a, a back-to-the-wall job and hopefully catch them um, on the counter? Well, I think the... Yeah, I think we'll, I think there'll be a react. I think we've got to deal with a reaction from them drawing at home to Luton, which I don't think they'd have expected to happen. Um, but it did. That was last night. But you'd also hope there's a reaction from us. I think we didn't mention it from the Barnsley game, but I do. I think we can probably put playoffs to one side for now because we just need to see what happens in the coming games. But um, the system that we've been playing since, obviously it worked fine against Bristol because we won the game, but this 4-3-3 with Holtby playing as a false nine, I think the lack of personnel through the spine. So I think against Barnsley without Lenehan and then without Travis or Evans, it. I mean, I mean we were awful for 15 minutes. And I think with the Leeds game in mind, I'm not whether if he's going to continue sticking with the system, and I think Travis will be back. I'm not sure how effective it is, and we were overrun by a side like Barnsley. I, I dread to think what will happen against um, the kind of midfield and attacking prowess of Leeds um, if we catch them on a good day. Um, yeah, I'd just be concerned, and if if Lenehan's not back, I think Mulgrew was. Decent, actually, surprisingly so, I thought, against Barnsley. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure about if, you know, if Leeds are firing, it's always, I mean, it's a difficult game, whatever happens. But um, I don't know. 
it'll, I think it depends on who's back. Um, I think without Travis or Evans, it, I think we're in for a very, very difficult time because... I, I definitely agree with you. It's the, the Travis and Evans partnership, I guess, that four-three-three sort of hinged on that. And you had Evans who reads the game superbly and can cut off those, those passes and, and whatnot. And you've got Travis who is like an engine. Like we discussed last week, Ollie, just... Evans, who can read that game perfectly, and at that point, obviously, we thought that he was fit. Um, and who knows what happens if Evans is in that squad? Is he cutting off passes that, that things? Is he playing balls that just work out perfectly? Um, and I guess we'll never know. It doesn't all go to dwell. Um, I do want to speak about the Cardiff game as well. Obviously, Cardiff now in sixth, um, five points off us. If we beat Leeds, is the Cardiff game that much more important, um, Alex? Or do you still do you still think it's going to be a case of, of this is this is nothing season now? The season's petered out. I think there will always be that thought in the back of the mind. If we do beat Leeds, of if we win all of our games, we may sneak in. So I suppose there's always that glimmer of hope. But I think we've got to be realistic now with the squad and players we've got to choose from, and the fixtures we've got remaining, it's it's going to be a, a really tall order. And I think I'm, I can only speak for myself, but after after the Barnsley result, I mentally looked to next season um, and preparing for next season now. And so I'm, I think in these last few games, I'm more going to be looking for signs of how we go into next season and who who we will be keeping on when the contracts expire and who we'll be letting go and who we'll be looking to bring in. So I think at this stage, if Rovers are realistic, they need to be using these last few games as preparation for next season because by the sounds of it from all the football authorities, we will not have a very long layoff between seasons um, I'm, I think the date's been muted as the beginning of September, so there will not be a lot of time. And so I'm looking for to use this as some good prep for next season. It certainly is. If we do cast our minds towards next season, like Alex said there, Ollie, it's a huge summer, isn't it? Huge summer in terms of recruitment. And what probably makes it bigger is the fact that obviously revenue streams have been cut off due to COVID. And right now, no one's really too sure just how much money, like Mowbray said, there is no budget yet for next season. Um, no one's no. really too sure, are they? No, and I think, yeah, it's. I think it's quite difficult to know. It's a bit of an unknown what will happen with the transfer market and let alone finances of clubs. And I think we've seen Wigan have gone into administration today, which is sad news which you don't want to see for any football club. But, um, yeah, I think there's, I think we do. Yeah, I think Alex is right. If, you know, if we lose to Leeds and the season just peters out, we need to be looking at who we've got within our, I think, you know, John Buckley's back from suspension. Um, maybe looking at giving Rankin Costello, if he's fit again, a little bit of a run to the end of the season. Butterworth's, you know, there are players that, we're probably better off seeing how they're faring in the last six games. If, you know, there's a couple of things we definitely need in the summer, a goalkeeper. Um, but actually, 
yeah, our hands may be tied a little bit by broader circumstances. So looking at what's what we can do within our own squad could be quite important. Um, Certainly is, and I think it's... It is something, isn't it, that I think all teams are going to be... They don't know. No one knows, really, just what's going to happen. Um, like you say, it could be the perfect time to blood these youngsters. You know, look at if Daniel Butterworth is, is going to be fit, then obviously he's had a long layoff with injury. But if Butterworth's going to be fit, do we shove him? And it's it's the unknown, isn't it? And that can be scary. You mentioned Wigan, and obviously could just as easily be us um, with Venkis to pull the plug so Wigan won't be the last team I don't think this happens to um, and it does make for for interesting reading most certainly um, we've just got to hope <laughs> that it's not us because I'm not sure I'd do um, if that were to happen um, anyway boys thanks for, for coming on again obviously um, you are the two regular panellists that we have and we do love you having you both on um, it's fantastic to speak football with you, especially Robbers, even if it's in um, not so happy circumstances. Um, of course, there's a, a big announcement that was made on the 1875 podcast Twitter and the Robbers chat Twitter. Um, my uh, co-host, Andy Watson, um, has recorded a podcast with the um, amazing Brad Friedel. Um, obviously, I'd encourage anyone who's listening now and to, to go over and, and give that a listen. I think when this comes out, the Friedel podcast will be um, online. Um, and as well, why don't you check out our other former player podcasts? We've had interviews with players such as Craig Short, Tommy Spur, and Jake Keane. As I said, thank you, you two, for coming on. It's been fantastic to speak some Blackburn with you again. Um, and here's hoping that we can beat Leeds and. Um, everyone gets a little bit more hopeful again. Thanks for listening. Bye. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.